The Theonauts, episode 68. The one where we're fasting today and eating ice cream tomorrow. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo adiposes out there. I'm David Gaddy. <laughs> and I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. What was that? Adipose. Adipose. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Doctor Who fan? You no. ever watch Doctor Who? I mean, I I used to. Okay, for those watching the video, this is an adipose. It looks like a uh, lump of clay. Nothing. Oh my it's, gosh. It feels weird. It's a globule of fat. <laughs> a living globule of fat. <laughs> So if I were to call somebody an adipose, it'd be like an insult, huh? Well. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't even know it. That's right. See, so people weren't supposed to be keen wow. on that, you know, I was just slamming everybody. Sorry. <laughs> totally destroyed that. Anyways, how you doing, David? Good. Man, it is great to have you back in the, in, hey, in the studio. It's great to be back. I'm sure all my adoring fans all Michael and Brendan of you are uh, just loving to hear me come back. So it's good to be here. Yes. I'm happy to be back. Uh, yeah. It's been a crazy yeah, it's two awesome. months. So. Yeah, so how's all, how's all that going? Uh, great. You know what? I just uh, taught a whole bunch of juniors how to write art- argumentative essays about uh, the total depravity of man. So you know what? When you can combine junior American lit with Jonathan Edwards <laughs> and Christianity, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I saw on Twitter that you're teaching them Monty Python. Oh, yeah, that's my seniors. That's that's British lit, right? Brit well, lit. yeah, we're doing <laughs> Brit lit. You know, we have a unit on, you know, Mallory <clears throat> and uh, Lamorte de Arthur, so... Uh, morte de ours or whatever, blah blah blah. Right, that French word. But uh, so you know, we're doing. Can't you tell by my outrageous <laughs> accent? So I thought, what better way to introduce Arthur than Monty Python style? <laughs> so yeah, we watched Monty Python. They were like, "Huh, this is interesting." I'm like, "Yeah, this is like my whole life." Monty were they Python. like cracking up about it, or uh, you know, uh, they not get it? Yeah, half of them were laughing. The boys, yeah, and then the girls were just going, "Man, this is dumb. What are you doing?" I'm like, "Yep, that's exactly right." So, no offense to any girl out there that might like Monty Python, but that's usually what happens in those groups because right. it's just so dumb, like <laughs> retarded. You're fooling yourself. We're an autonomous collective. <laughs> <laughs> we take it in turns. I'm 37. I'm not I'm old. Not old. <laughs> Old no. woman, <laughs> man, <laughs> Kevin. No, is it Kevin? Dennis. Yeah. Dennis. That's right. I didn't know you were called Dennis. <laughs> so great. Anyways, yeah. You know, my I spent like half of my uh, high school career watching that movie over and over again. I think I did too. Yeah, I worked at a movie theater 
or not a movie theater. I worked at a movie rental place, mm-hmm. and whenever I got to choose the movie to put in on the, the overhead, it was always Monty Python's <laughs> Holy Grail. <laughs> so I had customers come up and complain. Good idea, oh Lord! Because <laughs> I thought of it. <laughs> Anyways, <sighs> so what's up with you? Oh man. Well, as you could tell right before we started the show, yeah, fast can. and furious trying to book flights and everything yeah. for, our, for our next Haiti trip. So we're all excited about it. <clears throat> it's going awesome. to be lots of fun. Going to go to Logging Off again? Yep. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, some things in the works. I don't know how it'll all pan out, but we've been talking with uh, an- another nonprofit that is trying to uh, uh, put some clean water drill some wells oh yeah on that island and uh so cool and we just got a pretty major donation uh pretty large donation to to do just that wow so it's kind of like all these these spirit cards are falling in line you know <laughs> and um and sounds like god's blessing <clears throat> your ministry there right? yeah so it's That's uh good. We're, we're real excited about it i'm hope i'm hoping that some of the guys from our from this other nonprofit will be able to go with us in November so we can kind of scope out the land right. together yeah. because it was so weird was Laganov is the island is about 40 miles by 10 miles something right. like that yeah. and so uh, but it's like real difficult to traverse yeah like it took us four hours to get from the port to where we were working right and uh, so this other group had been working in Laganov for almost two years now and so I asked them where they were working, and they sent me GPS coordinates. And I plugged them into Google Earth and everything, and we're looking at it. And I'm going like, whoa, it's a five-minute walk from where we were. Really? Yes. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like out of that whole island. They were just like right, right there. there hmm. close to where Sounds it, like a God thing. Yeah. Huh? So, it's, so I think it's – I'm really jazzed about it. I think that it's going to turn out to be a good deal. Praise the Lord. I can't so. wait to hear a full report on that. So Yeah. That's good. Well, I tell you what. We've missed you for this. And now the news. <laughs> well, I've got. So here's the deal. Uh, I have so much uh, of of the other type of news that uh, I've only brought one thing for uh, for the other news. Okay, <laughs> for, you know, yeah. for the regular news, and uh, it's actually from Rel- Relevant Magazine. They interviewed Justin Bieber. <laughs> I know, it's silly, but it's really interesting. Justin Bieber has a lot to say about his next phase in life. Uh, Is this his faith-based Yeah, basically. Phase? I Yeah, I just want to honestly live like Jesus is, is his next phase in life. So I, I, I don't know if Girl. you follow... <laughs> just the way you said that was just so perfect. Girl, I don't know if you follow Justin Bieber at all. I am not a Bieber fever person, but a lot of people do. And uh, apparently, lately, he's just been having a lot of antics, doing a lot of like, like partying AMAs and stuff. And all that. Right? Uh, he's twenty one, <clears throat> trying to find himself. And so this is him quoting him. At this point, my faith has gotten me to where I am. My faith has brought me to a whole other level. I love talking about my faith. I think that with Christians, they've left such a bad taste in people's mouths. Just like over pushy with the subject, over churchy and religious. You ever flicked on a channel and the late night church show is on? Sometimes it's like, you better do this or you're going to die and you're going to burn in hell. And you're like, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm the same way. I'm not religious. I personally love Jesus. And that was my salvation. 
I want to share what I'm going through and what I'm feeling, and I don't think I should be ostracized. So on throughout the uh, throughout the um, interview, he just talks about how Christians should be more outspoken about their belief in following Jesus, and they should follow Jesus and love others rather than you know do all this mean stuff. So very interesting uh, wherever you stand on that. But yeah, Justin Bieber is. Uh, I guess claiming to be a Christian, and now in the second part of his life, he wants to walk the high road, is what he's saying. So hmm. we'll see how that goes. You know, it's it's interesting. It's so much. Well, <clears throat> it, it. I mean, I understand some of that because the, you got the whole religion thing. I understand. Yeah. You know, we're not religion. Jesus, not religion. Right. But at the same time, I almost hear, "I want to do what I want to do." <laughs> you, you know, it's like there's no there's no change. <laughs> It's like oh, so Jesus is just there now, and there's no, there's no, there's no need to change your lifestyle, right? Or, you know, it's like there's a fine line, exactly. <laughs> Between are you regenerated, or aren't you? I just want to say, uh, you know, but this to me is the the outcome of our 21st century American Christianity culture, mm-hmm. right? It's this whole idea that. Well, I can just say I'm a Christian and do whatever I want, and you know I'm a Christian, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. let it slide. Jesus, Jesus loved everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know you have that cop out, and Jesus did love everybody, right? But yeah. he loved them enough that he died for them. For yeah, their does sin. that doesn't that affect you? Right, exactly. How does it change you? So, well, he did say he wanted to spend this next year or whatever living like Jesus. Right. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> So it's interesting, you know. So keep an eye out. Check so, out Bieber and see what see what he does. Yeah, I shouldn't be skeptical of other people's faith, but it's a. <laughs> I think it's a natural skepticism. It comes mm. naturally because we we live in such a world where it's just, love believes all things. That's true. Yeah. Sorry, Bieber. I'm not loving. <laughs> I'm I'm a jerk today. <laughs> totally. All right. So the rest. I mean, there's just so much of this. Whether you love him or whether you hate him, he just got home from a visit to the great United States of America. And so there's so much to talk about. We'll start with his visit with both sides of Congress. Uh, He had a joint session of Congress and met with them and gave a big, nice speech. Um, Man, there's a whole bunch of debate going on, whether is the Pope liberal or is he conservative or, you know, is he a Republican? Is he a Democrat? Is he... (laughs) You know, this or that, or, you know, what is it? You know, my, my answer is he's neither because, he's, number one, he's not a United States citizen. Right. So Republican, Democrat, that really doesn't fit him, right? And then you're going, okay, so what kind of religious leader is he? Is he a liberal religious leader or conservative? So uh, while he was at Congress, he these were basically his eight points, and I'm pulling this uh, from USA Today, uh, the eight things that Pope said to a, said in his address to Congress. Um the first one, he he talked about the environment. He's a big environment pope. Okay, he likes to talk about. Uh, He's uh, the global warming global pope. warming guy, right? Yeah. Uh, on the environment, he reiterated his call for urgent action action to address climate change, a position that puts him at odds with many of the major congressional Republicans who listened to his speech. He said, I call for Congress and uh, I call for a courageous and responsible effort to redirect our steps and to advert the most 
serious effects of the environmental uh, deterioration caused by human activity. So, of course, he's big on the environment. The second thing he did, he also called for American America and its leaders to address the poverty um, that he said diminishes lives and opportunities. He's also the poverty pope. Uh, I don't know if you've followed any of his stories, but he likes to go out in secret and give to right. the poor and do all this, <clears throat> which is really cool in my books. I think that's yeah. excellent for what this pope is uh, So know, he's doing. Al Gore during the day, Mother Teresa at night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mother Teresa. Okay, number three. <laughs> the Pope urged Congress and Americans to welcome immigrants, including those fleeing the war in Syria and other violent conflicts. Mm. Um, uh, so he wants us to give an amnesty. Number four, he called for the abolition of the death penalty. Uh, he's not a fan of the death penalty. Number five. So right now he's kind of like uh, leaning towards... <laughs> <clears throat> maybe a little bit more of a, of a left-leaning pope. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Number five, uh, he hailed heroes from America's past, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Dorothy Day, Thomas uh, uh, Merton. Uh, number six, the pope also mentioned the church's longstanding opposition to abortion, but this is all he pretty much said on it. The golden rule also remi- reminds us of our responsibility to protect and defend human life at every stage of its development. So he didn't come out and say abortion. He didn't come out and say I oppose abortion. Right. He just <clears throat> he reminded everybody. He's a that, very politically correct. Yes, he's a. It's funny to me. He pontificates <laughs> as the pope. It's funny that he that if you look at the history of popes, uh huh, they've gone okay, and and here's where I, the weirdness happens for me. They claim inerrancy. Yeah. <laughs> They claim they have a direct line to God. Which I don't think this Pope would. You don't think so? No. Well, I, I know that I've had conversations with, and if you're a Catholic listener, I mean, don't beat me up too much, but I've had conversations with Catholic friends uh-huh. who tell me it, without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Pope, what he says is as important as what the Bible says <laughs> because he is inspired that he's got a direct line to God. And I'm thinking, okay. Popes in the 15th century are burning people at the stake. Right. Okay, this guy is against capital punishment, period. So, last time I read, God's the same. Yesterday, today, forever. (laughs) Right. So, it's like somewhere there's a communications breakdown. Yeah, and how many times have, have popes reversed papal rulings? So many times. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this whole direct line to God thing, it doesn't line up scripturally. Sorry. But... That's just me. Anyways, and I, again, I don't think that this Pope... As your traditional... It, it would he's definitely it. not traditional. He's not traditional. He's totally different. Uh, number seven, on family life, he didn't directly address the church's opposition to same-sex marriage. Uh, both sides of the issue could take some solace in his statement. This was his statement. Very ambiguous. This is what he said. Yet I cannot hide my concern for the family which is threatened, perhaps as never before, from within and without. Fundamental relationships are being called into question, as is the very basis of marriage and the family. I can only reiterate the importance and, above all, the richness and the beauty of family life. So this whole fundamental 
relationships. What does he mean by it's that? It's a politician's answer. Man, seriously. <laughs> that's like a, that sounds like a, a a Bill Clinton type of answer. Well, it sounds like an 08 Obama speech. Well, yeah. When he's yeah, reaching yeah, yeah. across party lines. Yeah. That, that way. yeah. He's not doing that now. No, he's not. Okay. Number eight, the Pope addressed the issue of violence, especially among disenfranchised youth. He said, in particular, I would like to call attention to the family members who are in the most vulnerable, the young. For many of them, a future filled with countless possibilities beckons, yet so many seem disoriented and aimless, trapped in hopeless maze of violence, abuse, and despair. The problems of our a problem, their problems are our problems. We cannot avoid them. We need to face them together and talk about them and seek effective solutions rather than getting bogged down in discussions. And then. He dropped the mic and said, I'm the Pope. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> so that was pretty much what he talked about in word. his word, official <laughs> congressional speech. Um, pretty interesting. So upon that back, Lifeway has done a poll among evangelicals. And this is the title. This is from Christianity Today. From Antichrist to Brother in Christ, How Protestant Pastors View the Pope. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because he he fits right into the whole um, <laughs> dispensational. I mean, a lot of those dispensations. Well, he's the whore of Babylon. Yes, <laughs> I mean, this is like. <laughs> so, what does Rick Warren think? I mean, he's been invited to the uh, yeah to the Vatican and everything else. Well, Rick Warren's like his best buddy, right? I guess I don't know. Well, I mean, you know. So I mean, there until uh, until Spurgeon comes out, right? There are a huge <laughs> this this uh, this study is really cool. You should go online and just check it out. <laughs> I'm not going to mass anytime soon. See, I wonder what the the Baptist Pope has to say about that. Billy Graham. You know? Is he the Baptist Pope? Yeah, he's the Baptist Pope. I don't know. I thought it was Al Mohler. It used to be. No, it used to be Billy Graham. Now it's pretty much Al Mohler. (laughs) Whatever. Anyways, so uh, I have one more story about the Pope. This one's really funny to me, but bad. Hours after Pope Francis left New York's John F. Kennedy International Airport in Philadelphia on Sunday, a retired New York City firefighter driving a black SUV and armed with a knife breached airport security, prosecutors said. When he was caught, the suspect told police Police, he was hoping to quote give the Pope his business card, unquote, <laughs> according to court records. <laughs> this guy driving a black Chevy Tahoe, similar to Secret Service vehicles, when he was stopped and arrested, records show he was allegedly pretending to be part of the VIP motorcade when he made it onto the tarmac. He made it all the way onto the tarmac in his blast. Wow! Like Why well, everybody else is getting frisked by the TSA? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to security and he just flashes the silver thing and they're like, okay, it must oh be sure, the badge. go on in, yeah, go through, yeah, go on through. So uh, somebody apparently tried to assassinate the Pope again. Interesting, and uh, of course it didn't happen. It's like, is that the assassin's like ultimate? <laughs> oh, dude, the it Pope's goes, coming. The Pope president, right? right? There's <laughs> well, a list. We will hear of anybody trying to assassinate the president. I mean, hardly ever, right? But like it seems the like Pope every time he's around, down. everybody wants to kill well, him. Well, he has his own Pope mobile. Think about that for a second. <laughs> wow, kind of like Hong Kong Fui's vehicle. <laughs> That's a little bubble great. or whatever over it. Yeah, it's so awesome. Wow, <laughs> there was an article on the Pope mobile, but I didn't pull that one out. So 
All right. So that's all the Pope news I can handle awesome. for a week. <laughs> or for a month. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for a month. Uh, let's go ahead and do the study, and then if we got time, we'll do. Hey, that sounds good. Are we pushing time? Yeah, we're we're doing all right. Okay, good, good. Because I've got so much to say about this topic. Do you? No, but <laughs> I I do have a lot of rebuttals and stuff. So oh really? It'll be fun. So we're gonna argue? No, we're not gonna argue. Oh okay. Rebuttals. I meant uh, comments. Oh okay. Yeah. I, oh man, I'm so out of it. I have to drive 45 minutes to work every day. It's so crazy. Oh yeah, I'm complaining to well, David Gaddy, David who drives an hour and a half to work every day or something. Well, like that. Uh, not every day. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm working from here a lot of days. So. Oh. Anyways, so what's our topic, David? Our topic today is fasting, Christian fasting. Yes. So um, it's a fascinating fasting topic. Yeah, everybody wants to you know to kind of know what it's all about. Right. I mean, on a percentage. Basis. I didn't look at any real numbers or anything, but what what would you think the Christian community? How often do you think people actually fast across the world, or well, just even let's just say in America or whatever? In America, I would say ten percent, maybe. You think that many? I'd be surprised. I think if maybe, it's that many. yeah, maybe ten percent. So I think a lot of people talk about it, but whether or not they've actually done it, right, right. And it seems to be something that's even talked less about today mm-hmm. than it was even whenever I was a kid. Yeah, um, it it seems to be gradually on the decline. A, a lot like you know prayer and fasting, but nobody really focuses on fasting. A lot, a lot more focus on prayer. Yeah, not much focus on pra- fasting. Do you? What's your <clears throat> first experience on fasting? Do you remember? When when you first started or first like ever hearing fasted. about it? No, or, like ever tried it? Oh, I had an amazing experience the first time I, I did it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was um, it, it was very beneficial. Huh? Very beneficial. But I went into it with a lot of study. I didn't just do it, you know. Well, I mean, but but let me let me preface that by saying that I didn't grow up with that um, with that type of of. Of mentality. I mean, it's been like fasting was always something that it was. It was like miracles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. from from a cessationist standpoint, right. it's something. Oh, yeah, fasting <laughs> is cessationism. It's it's, it's crazy. It ceased in the first century. You yeah, don't, we you don't, don't do, do that, that anymore. anymore. That's craziness. <laughs> no one wants to. No one wants to go without food. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so it just never happened. And I even remember like bringing it up in Bible studies and this sort of thing, and be like. Why is there? We got all this text about fasting, and we never do it. Wow! It's like, uh, what? What do y'all think? And I and I remember one person actually said, uh, <laughs> said, well, if you want to do it, I don't think there's a problem. <laughs> you, it, I don't think it'll get you anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And that, I think that's part of the problem, though. Sure. Is that that's what people's mindset? The mentality. It's, it's like, what am I going to? What something. am I supposed to get out of this? Right. Right. And and maybe that's not the, the what you know we should be focused on. Right. Well, I have a story for you. My first time ever fasting. Okay. It's really interesting. I was a sophomore in high school. No. Yeah, see, I was much older than that. I was a freshman in high school, and my dad is the first time I'd ever gone anywhere outside of Kansas, really, or anything. But my dad and I decided to go to the Million Man March, quote unquote, Promise Keepers Convention. Oh, I thought you were talking about the the black thing. No, that was in the 60s. Uh, (laughs) 
No, this was a, a copy of it, but a Christian copy of it. So uh, basically a whole bunch of, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Promise Keepers, but Promise oh, yeah. Keepers was a yeah. big thing, yeah, back in the 90s especially. Mm-hmm. And so they did this DC thing, like a DC day thing. So anyway, so we get on the plane and we fly out there. And when we arrive, we're on the subway and dad looks at me and he goes, Jeremiah, I really feel like we should fast for the day. I'm like, okay. Now, I wasn't a Christian at this point, really. Like, I'd walked an aisle, prayed a prayer, but had no. Yeah. Right. So, for me, it was a day of complete and utter misery. Because I'm walking around Washington, (laughs) D.C. There's all these food trucks everywhere. (laughs) We go to this deli. What a hot dog. Exactly. All this stuff. I'm like, oh, man. And, you know, I'm a freshman growing boy, right? (laughs) So, I make it. To maybe seven o'clock before dad goes, okay, you can have something to eat. I'm like, thank you. I was dying. So that's my first. You're just like cramming it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. As fast like, as you can. I just- can't handle it. One day of not eating is nuts. <laughs> so dumb. But that was my first experience with fasting. And ever since then, it's had like this stigma negative connotation connotation in my head (laughs) this is crazy until i became you know a follower and then you know gradually it it changed but uh yeah yeah it's crazy well i I guess the first time i did it was struggling in sin and um could not get past you know you know the the sin and and uh and I, i i turned to to God through fasting and and prayer, yeah, and and it was just and it and it just like helped me a whole lot. Wow, uh, God really spoke through it, and uh, and so I'm I'm a I'm a fan. That's awesome. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about what fasting is, what fasting isn't. Okay, so uh, in I guess simple terms, fasting is voluntarily abstaining. From food, primarily, right. for a spiritual purpose. Um, so there are many ways to fast, as we had mentioned a little bit before. There's more than just food. I mean, you can abstain from from sexual um, contact. You can abstain from uh, just about anything. Right. TV. Right, right. You can fast Media. from that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, we're talking about food. Right. We're talking about uh uh, denying your body of its uh, of its requ- daily requirements, yeah, as we normally refer to it. Um, well, yeah, there's <laughs> a there's a different connotation when you're fasting. I think from media or fasting from from sex or anything like that. Yeah. Then if you're fasting from food, when you're fasting from food, food is your basic substance for substance for life. Right. Right. It's, it's not just a desire. Exactly. It's a it's a need. Mm-hmm. So. Apart from what, so when you're fasting from food, you're saying, "I need God more than I need food." Right. Which is a huge thing, mm-hmm. you know, to say. So, anyways, keep going. Well, um, I guess the one of the questions that that people are constantly asking is: is is there a place or is there a need for it today? And um, and I think that the best way to to um, to kind of answer that is to look at, at how the scriptures handle it. Uh, obviously, we've got tons of examples of it in the Bible. Oh yeah, going all the way back Old Testament. There's all these all these references sure. to people fasting, uh, even people who aren't in the Jewish faith. Right. I mean, you have uh, Nineveh 
They fasted. Right. They even made their animals fast. Right. If you when we talked about Jonah, you know, and Jonah goes walking through Nineveh saying, Hey, 40 days, God's gonna smack you down you guys down. And they Immediately responded by fasting. fasting. Right. And so and that's what, you know, drew them closer to God. God and God said, Look at the, how they've responded. Sure. I've I, I gotta give them a reprieve. And uh so but, you know, you might think, well, there's a lot of things they did in the Old Testament we don't do now. So is this one of those things that, you know... Died out. Was it nailed to the cross? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you've got all these these examples in the New Testament sure. of fasting. In fact, you even have Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount yes. talking about how to fast. Right. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go forward. So... Um, one thing to note is that Jesus' disciples themselves uh, regularly did not fast, right. so much so that it was apparent to the Jews. That's right. They came to Jesus and they said, why in the world aren't your disciples fasting like John the Baptist's right, disciples Right, right. So fasting. that's Matthew 9 where sure. th- where that comes up. And, uh, and of course, Jesus' response is, because I'm here. Yeah. And and so as long as I'm here, you're not gonna, you know, you, you need to celebrate while I'm here. Right. You need to to feast right. while I'm here. Well, and I think that yeah, that that uh, that passage in Matthew nine gives us real good purpose for why we fast today. Okay. Um, it says, uh, "How can the guests?" So so the Pharisees come up, and they ask. Uh, then John disciples came up and asked him, "How is it that we and the Pharisees fast?" Actually, it's John disciples asking. Right. How is it we that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered them, "How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them; then they will fast." So, who's the they in that sentence? Us. Us today, yeah. right? Disciples. Right. So it's actually. <laughs> Jesus says that we we will fast, yes. disciples of Christ, and so um, that gives me uh, meaning in, the, in yeah. the fast. And why do I fast? Is because Jesus is not with me physically, right? Mm-hmm. So right, right. the reason I fast is to align <clears throat> myself. We we still yearn for His presence, exactly to ha- yeah. to have relationship with Christ. Which and, is great. Well, and even whenever he's talking about it in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, and when you fast. Yes. He doesn't say, if, if you, you fast. fast. That's right. He says, when. So uh, so it, it, it seems to be apparent that uh, the New Testament Christian is expected yes. to be fasting. Um, there, were, there were times when the disciples could not do certain miracles, like casting the, the demon out of the, the, the child or healing the child who had epilepsy right. and, and fell into the fire. And, uh, and Jesus said, this kind doesn't go out without prayer and fasting. Sure. And uh, so, so anyway, let's talk just a second about what the, what the physical aspects of fasting what it does to your body. And because I, I think that is important when you start thinking about why we do it or why God even, because, you know, God made our bodies. Right. So he knows exactly how it functions. And for example, whenever he commanded Abraham and company to circumcise their children on the eighth day, yeah. There's more than just a command about that. There's a reason for it because up sure. until that, there's point, a meaning. Up yeah. until that point, the blood doesn't clot 
as well. And so on the eighth day, it begins to clot better so the child is not overly bleeding. Right. So, I mean, there's so God, when he gives us these instructions, he knows our body. He, sure. knows, he knows why Absolutely. we should do these things. So um, when you fast, what, what happens is your body, if you're not putting um, fuel into your body, your body starts to use whatever it has available to, right. to for its energy. I mean, every time you move, breathe, every time your heart beats, you're consuming energy. It's just like a, any other machine or a vehicle or whatever that sure. you know. The things is that those don't run. There's energy that powers it. Right. And so it's just like if you were to not stop put if you were to stop putting fuel in your car, it'll go for a little while on the fumes and whatever's left in the tank, but then it's going to start breaking down and stopping. Right. And our bodies will do the same thing. It's just a slower process because we carry our gas tanks are bigger. Right. <laughs> From that standpoint. Sure. Because most of us, especially here in America are carrying around <laughs> enough fuel to last us a while. That's right. <laughs> so, Stop looking at me. Uh, okay. Anyway, so go ahead. So I was looking at the adipose. <laughs> I was looking at the Addy post. That's great. So, <laughs> oh, man. So, so anyway, uh, so what happens is your body starts going into survival mode. It starts eating itself in order to survive. And so the first three days that you're denying yourself food, you're going to feel pain. Right. You, that growling stomach, you know, and all that sort of thing. And that's your body saying, hey, hello. <laughs> Don't forget. Did you totally forget about feeding. <laughs> so the internal alarm clock right. going off. But after the third day, it goes, you know what? He's not listening to me. <laughs> and so the hunger pains go away. The the the, the growling it, that stops. And your body just goes into devour mode. Right. Okay, well, I'm gonna start eating muscle, I'm gonna start eating fat, I'm gonna start eating whatever I can to create energy. And so uh, anytime your body is uh, doing this type of thing, it has a it has a mental effect on you as well, because when everything's fine and hunky dory, we tend to forget about needs and we start focusing on wants. Right. And but whenever the body is in survival mode of some sort, you stop thinking about wants. And you start thinking about needs. Yes, that's right. Even if it's on a subconscious level. Well, for example, let's say you're sick with the flu and you're laying in bed with 102 fever, whatever, and you've got the chills and you're shaking and all this. How much sinning are you going to be doing? <laughs> None. <laughs> Unless I'm just crazy. All you care about is please let this stop. Right. All you want to do is get out of bed and yeah. be... I mean, it's like all of a sudden your priorities, everything shifts and changes. And it's because your body is in survival mode. Sure. And it's not focusing on lust, greed, all that stuff. I mean, someone who is on the verge of dying will give away everything they have right. in order to, to get out of that. And it doesn't matter how rich or greedy they are because... Survival is it takes to, takes us to a different place mentally. Right. Okay. So the same thing happens when you when you fast. So your body goes into survival mode and you stop. I'm not. It's not complete, but you stop thinking about 
the things you want as much because your body is so much focused on getting by sure and surviving so when you remove that barrier and if you have a relationship with god now all of a sudden you're focused on him a lot more right he's he he that so the communication with him flows better yeah you, be, you become closer uh, to him because you're removing those things that divide us that right. se- that that separate us from god which has always been sin yeah and uh and so that <clears throat> that touches to the point of the purpose the reason for fasting the purpose of fasting again is not to get what we want or to make god do what we want him to do uh, the purpose for fasting is not to make ourselves look good. In fact, uh, in Matthew 6, uh, the first thing that Jesus hits on is the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. The reason for fasting, because a lot of people, they do it to be seen by other people, right? Right. It's the same thing with <clears throat> prayer. Oh, Lord, we beseech thee to <laughs> grant us thy will upon, you know, the yes. King James praying all that it's it's to look good yeah right and so back then people were fasting and when they were fasting they were going look at me i'm ex you know i'm yeah. I'm, the, I'm starving I'm, to death abstaining from food because i'm so righteous yeah. right which like would you like something to eat oh no i couldn't possibly i couldn't I'm, possibly. I'm, fasting. I'm in the middle of a fast <laughs> right and, and jesus and it's says, an absolute fast <laughs> exactly it's an absolute okay when uh so jesus says when you fast do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces <laughs> oh like you know the whole groaning like yeah disfigure their faces uh and show others that they are fasting truly i tell you they've received their reward in full but when you fast put oil on your head and wash your face in other words take a shower clean yourself up don't look like you're hideous Okay, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And this whole reward thing, mm-hmm. again, this is not about you know getting what we want. Right. It's about getting what we need, which is mm-hmm. Christ, right? right? Right. That's the whole reward. Christ is it's the reward. It's about the relationship. Exactly. So anyway. Well, um, the, and... and Obviously, whenever we're drawing close to him spiritually, our, our desires start to change. And that's why you sure. constantly hear prayer and fasting going together. They are hand in hand. Because because whenever you start fasting, you're going to find yourself on your knees more. Exactly. You're going to find yourself humbling yourself before God more, yeah. just naturally. If you're fasting without praying, you are doing something pointless. Right. I mean, it's yeah, you're, it's... Uh, you're you're selling it short. Big you're right, time. exactly. Um, because prayer is the outcome of fasting, I believe. Yes. The reason we we fast is so that her prayer life gets a whole lot better when we're fasting. Right. So I mean, there's because of that. I mean, there there are so many different uh, things. Think about what you pray for. Yeah. And if you're asking yourself, you know, should I fast? Um, well, it's like an extension of prayer. So is it should I pray? Uh, that's the same question. Exactly. The, the thing is, you're just extending it. See, so- and these things are, again, going back to is fasting a commandment? Well, I mean, it's implied throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. Prayer, like prayer is implied, like giving. 
right. money is implied, right. right? It's just expected of you as a Christian. These are things that Christians do. It's not about, again, it's not about a commandment anymore. Right. It's about... If you're doing it because you're commanded to, and you, well, I haven't fasted in a few days, or I haven't fasted in a month, or whatever, I guess I should do it. <laughs> you're doing it yeah, wrong. Yeah, you're you're not you're not you're not thinking about it in you're the right ways. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. The, the the whole point is, you know, you're you're led by the spirit into fasting. Right. Just like you're led by the spirit in your giving and you're led by the spirit in your prayer. Yeah. Uh, it's just well, a natural so progression. So think about whenever your heart is aching and yeah. yearning and the and you need God. Yeah. I mean, we need him all the time. But whenever you feel like uh, Father, I really need you right now. Yeah. That's probably the best time to go into a fast. Uh, I want, one example I want to look at is in 1 Samuel, the first chapter. This is the, this is the story of Hannah, and, um, mm. and, and, uh, and she, she has um, uh, 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 Samuel. So um, she says here, in verse in first Samuel one verse six in the ESV it says and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb so it went by so it went on year by year as often as she went up to the house of the Lord she she used to provoke her therefore Hannah wept and would not eat and Elkanah her husband said to her Hannah why do you weep and why do you not eat? And, and why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. And now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the, the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So we have here this, this uh, forlorn uh, woman who yeah. is longing to have this child. And so <clears throat> in doing so, she naturally starts fasting. Yeah. Like she just stops eating because of her distress. Yeah. And where does that end up leading her? Her her husband and then to the priest. Right. So she's and so this is just what you're seeing is is a is a natural progression of what happens yeah. whenever you're hurting and you stop eating and I mean just how you draw closer then. I think the best way to lighten it is have you ever been lovesick? Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like so lovesick and so forlorn that you just don't wanna taste anything. You don't want to, nothing is gonna satisfy you except for that, you know, that first right. you know, I remember a time when Christina and I uh were engaged and she had to come down to Texas for a month to train this new uh the store was opening and she was training all the servers. And so, I mean, there were just, there were days where, like, I just, ugh, like, it was terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, where is my relationship here? I'm, I'm missing that hunger, you know, I'm missing that, that communion right. with, with <coughs> Christina. And so you'd become lovesick and not eat. <laughs> and so, you know, fasting is a lot like that, that the whole, 
I am I'm hungering uh, for you know I'm I'm burdened and I'm hungering for that relationship that desire you know and so uh, it becomes a hunger for God mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. well so good and and there's so many things like um, here's another example Nehemiah you know Nehemiah was sent back to Jerusalem to help rebuild yeah after the exile. And in, in the first chapter, verse 3, it says, And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Yeah. So it's, it, it, you constantly see this when people are mourning. And people are needing God. They're needing help. They're needing, they're wanting their father. And so what do they do? In order to, to get closer to him, right. they stop eating. They, exactly. they, start, they start this fast. Um, uh, Daniel fasted. Joel fasted. Jonah uh, in, in um, uh, Jesus fasted. <laughs> Jesus fasted for 40 days after his baptism and whenever he was going into the, yeah. before he went to be tempted. Uh, so you see all this, uh, obviously, once again, this is all about drawing closer, um, to God. And I mean, it's just like, there are so many verses and so many things that we could talk about in reference to it. Um, like all these different occasions in which people, uh, fasted the ordination of elders and commissioning of apostles to ministry. People fasted for that. They wanted to make sure they were doing the right things and had the right people in the right places. And so they wanted to be close to God in the middle of all this. And get everything else out of the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, When they uh, made intercession for people of God in Exodus, Deuteronomy, Ezra, Daniel, uh, humbling or or chastening oneself. Um, You know, uh, Ahab, horrible king, horrible king Ahab. Right. Um, At one point, it says there in 1 Kings 21 and 27, And when Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about dejectedly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he's humbled himself before me, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but in his son's days, I will bring the disaster upon his house. So Ahab saved his people for a whole generation. Why? Because he chose to humble himself before God through fasting. Right. Um, Psalms uh, about humbling yourself there in Psalms 35, in Psalm 69, I wept and and chastened my soul with fasting, um, seeking the Lord. Uh, we've got that in Judges, in um, in Second um, Chronicles, and Ezra eight, uh, repentance and confession. Um, I mean, it's just like one after another. Anytime we would, we would, these are the things we would pray for. Yeah. And these are the things that you would fast for. Um, so one of, there's, there's an interesting thing that I think is important. Um, one of the best verses about fasting is in Isaiah, the Isaiah 58. Um, and really the whole chapter is about this, but I, uh, I just want to start with the first verse and read a few uh, verses of, of what Isaiah has to say about why we fast and what the fast means when you're doing it. Uh, he says, cry aloud, do not hold back, 
Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness <laughs> and did not forsake the judgment of their God. Mm. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Mm. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such the fast that I chose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of wickedness. That's the verse that nailed me. When I was struggling with sin, um, I kept thinking... I can't loose the bonds of this wickedness. Mm. And, the, and, and when I read this verse, when he said, is this not the fast that I chose? Very first thing, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. Wow. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Yeah. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail, and your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer <laughs> of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then shall you take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride in the heights of the earth and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father for the month, uh, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Oof. 
So powerful. I think that gives us great insight sure. <laughs> as to what fasting is. Yeah, and again, I, I think that the biggest thing is this. It's it's like a prayer on steroids. That's what fasting is to yeah. me. You know, what it is is it's going, okay, I'm going to lay aside everything. Get all the junk yeah. out of the way. So that I can align myself with what God wants. And, you know, prayer, just like... Just like our, you know, when we talked about prayer, prayers, it's not about praying to a cosmic Santa Claus and going, "Give me this, give me this, give me this." <laughs> it's like a vending machine. Yeah, it's what what we do is we actually align ourselves to God's will. Your will be done on earth as in heaven, right? Aligning mm-hmm. ourselves to God's will, and what fasting does is it helps us to further that alignment. Right. So what we're doing is, you know, and uh, just practically. Um, when you're fasting, the best I found the best thing to do is during your meal time, the normal time where you'd be taking your meals. It's a time to to set aside for just prayer mm-hmm. and and scripture. And scripture and, uh, and you know. So let's say let's say you're a teacher, right? And it's <laughs> or let's say you are. Yeah, you have a forty minute, you know, or thirty minute uh, lunch period. Bring some ashes with you. Yeah, bring some ashes. Wipe them Throw on. them all over the floor. <laughs> no, what you do is you know just close your door and and pray and and read scripture for that for that time, mm-hmm. you know, and spend that time wisely, and then you know move on and uh, it's that's how you benefit from the fast it's not this woe is me this you know i'm struggling and let me go watch you eat your hoagie while i'm sitting here with nothing <laughs> it's a time to 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 align ourselves with what god wants in our lives yeah so that we can walk away and really really have been communing with the spirit yeah just good. So. Well, I mean, and I think this passage also gives us the true and the false way yeah. to, to fast. You know, he starts out by saying, you're wasting your time. You, all you're doing is hurting your own body yeah. because you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you. Right. And you, if you do it for me, let's build our relationship. And then you'll break all these bonds. Then all this weight will come off your shoulder. And then, because that's not the goal, the goal is to be close to God, yeah. and God gives you the other. Um, and one note to my to my heavier Christian friends, which is me, <laughs> um, there's this real temptation, seriously, to say that, okay, I'm going to start my diet, and I'm going to start it by fasting. There's a real temptation to do that. Right. And the reason is because you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to combine this, the spirituality with this. And, you know, that is, don't do that. Yeah. That's, stop it. Exactly. Just stop it. There's no, there's no purpose behind stop fasting. That. Stop that. <laughs> if, if your goal, if your purpose is not centered on God mm-hmm. and, and, and communing with him, then there's no reason you should be fasting. Right. It, it has nothing to do with losing weight. Right. It's not even a good way to lose weight. No. It's a terrible way to lose yeah, weight. Because, because it's, you don't just lose fat. You lose everything else. I mean, else. It, it, your body's going to eat anything again. And you're going to be exhausted. <clears throat> it's just not going to be good. So Right. And, uh, and it can also be dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you have to also kind of go into this stuff with the right uh, uh, frame of mind. If you've never fasted before, you need to start slow and so i guess the next question would be you know well how do we do this how how do we fast 
And, and there are many different types. There's many different ways to do it. And there's many ways in the scriptures that are given to us. There are really three different types of fasts that are mentioned in scripture. Yeah. There is a partial fast, which can be anything. I mean, it can be as small as saying, you know, maybe, maybe you uh, drink coffee every morning and this is your way and you need it. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, okay, no coffee. That's okay. That's a that's a small, partial. And you're a saint fast. if you do that, because I'm telling you, it'll be tough. Okay. Anyways, or cigarettes. Yeah. Or <laughs> so, but but really, uh, in, in scripture, a partial fast has generally been um, in reference to uh, foods that you withhold yourself from, but not. Eating entirely. Right. So, like, a good example of this is the Daniel fast. You've probably heard yeah. a lot of people talk about, well, I'm doing the Daniel and fast. And by the way, they've there there are Christians out there that have turned that into a diet. Oh, yes. And no, <laughs> that's not the purpose, again, you know. Yes, it's not about losing weight. No. Um, but uh, Daniel, in Daniel 10... Uh, verses two to three, it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Okay, so he says he did this for three weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Don't take no shower. <laughs> I'm joking, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, your wife will not like it. Yes. <laughs> and you might not need to go to work for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so the Daniel fast is is a simple fast. Yeah. And it's probably a good way to start. Right. But I'm telling you, you're not going to experience the full blown uh experience of what it is to draw close, real close to God simply by cutting out pleasant foods. Yeah. Uh it's a good start. Yeah. And there are times when I think if you if you're uh, gonna do a small short fast or whatever, it's a good it's a good thing to do. And a lot of people do partial fast because it's not as difficult, it's not as hard, uh, it's not as strict. Right. Um, but then you have just the normal fast. Now the normal fast means you withhold all food, but you can still drink beverages. Right. Uh, generally, you don't drink. Pleasant beverages like coffee or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> right, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a Dr. Pepper fast. <laughs> Good fast. <laughs> so, um, but but you you take a lot of water. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, most sources I saw said it's a good estimate to try and stick to about a gallon of water a day. You drink about a gallon of water a day, and you don't eat anything. Right now, um, the the amount of time you can do this. Obviously, the partial fast you can do that indefinitely. Yeah, I mean you can pick whatever you want on a normal fast. Now, when you're not taking in food, but you're just taking in liquids, <clears throat> you can actually extend that a pretty good ways. I think doctors are pretty much of the consensus that about what Jesus went through. In the wilderness, that forty days, because that was an absolute—I mean, uh, that was a regular fast, a normal yeah. fast, which means um, he didn't eat any food, but he drank. Right. And uh, the reason why we can kind of assume that is based on how it starts the next part about him being 
in uh, tempted because it says he was famished, he was hungry. It doesn't say he was thirsty. Right. And the very first thing that Satan tempted him with bread was food. Right. So it, it wasn't water. So we can probably assume that he was not thirsty, but he was hungry. Right. Uh, so th- that's an, an, a normal fast. You don't want to do this more than a month. Um, I mean, unless you really think that. I'll put it this way. The Theonauts are not going to suggest. We do not advocate <laughs> that you regular fast more than one month. I don't want your family members calling up and trying do to sue Do not try us. this at home. <laughs> well, the Theonauts, you said we could go 40 days. The Theonauts are licensed professionals. Do not <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. not attempt. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I am not a doctor. I just play one on the radio. <laughs> so, um, but normal, a, a, a common way to do a normal yeah. fast is generally three days to a week. I mean, you can do it one day. You, I mean, there's examples of doing it one day. Sure. Uh, in the scriptures. So you can do it one day, you can do it three days, you can do it a week. And if you've never attempted fasting, I would suggest starting with one day. Mm-hmm. I really would because um, you know, you've got to get you gotta get that bearing. And you know you don't you don't know where you're at. Yeah. Until you do that. Well so. and and I do think that it is it you can't judge a long fast by a short fast. True. So like if you just do it a day you're going to be like, oh, man, I can't wait to eat tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be driving you crazy. But it's like that marathon. Right. You get That first mile is always like the, the hardest. hardest. Yeah. And then it's like then you get into that 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 mode. Right, the rhythm. And, yeah. And uh, so you get into this groove, and, and, and you kind of do the same thing with fasting. Once you get past that three-day period, it actually becomes somewhat you have to be careful because you can start thinking, hey, this isn't all that hard. I can do this. I can right. do this for a long time. And so if you're not if you're not careful, you you can actually, I mean, you can end up in the hospital by doing all this. So yeah. you have to make sure that you're bringing in nutrients. I would suggest especially starting out you're at least taking in some juices yeah. along with the water. Uh, so that you are providing your body with a little bit of energy, right, um, and that sort of thing. And but, make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Yeah, that's the big thing. So, okay, so that's a normal fast. Sure. Now you also have an absolute fast. Yeah. And there's examples of this in the scriptures as well. An absolute fast is when you go cold turkey, no liquids, no food, no nothing. <laughs> now doctors will tell you. After three days, you die of thirst. Right. <laughs> Your body needs water. Right. Big time. Yeah. But uh, most of the time in the scriptures, whenever you see this used, it's usually a very short period of time. He ate and drank nothing for the full day. Right. Uh, you'll see that several times, and it won't. It, sometimes it won't even use the word fast. It'll just say he ate nothing and he drank. He didn't take any food or drink. Right. Or blah blah blah. Now there are a couple of exceptions where Abraham, or not Abraham, Moses, went like 40 days without food or water. That is supernatural. Yeah, that can only be described as the work of God. Yeah, he did not do that naturally. Right, and you are not Moses, so so don't do that. (laughs) You will die. So until you (laughs) climb a mountain, talk to him face to face. (laughs) (laughs) And even if you've done that, see a psychiatrist first, and then... 
The try. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So, anyways, so anyway, <laughs> that is kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, you know, um, the ways that you can fast. The biggest thing to remember, though, is is that it's not about getting what you want. Right. If if you're going into it with that, whether it's weight loss or whether it's uh, I need, I need, I need, I, I want, I want, I want, and it's all a selfish thing. Uh, just remember what Isaiah said there in the first few verses. You're, yeah. you're just, it's, it's noise to me. I want you to do this because you want me. Yeah. That's what God wants from you. And then he'll he- hear your pleadings and then he'll take care of you. Then he'll break the bondage that you're struggling with and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Richard Foster, um, in his book, The Celebration of Discipline, says that fasting must forever center on God. If our fasting is not unto God, we have failed. Physical benefit, success in prayer, the uh, in doing with power, spiritual insights, these must never replace God as the center of our fasting. God is supposed to be the utmost supreme point. And that's the reason why we fast. So we need to make sure that we do that. Right. Um, but Cool. Well, you want to do a little trivia? Hey, bring it on, man. <laughs> okay. I think I'm winning, right? Like, I don't remember. Hey, let's say I'm winning. I'm winning. <laughs> okay. You're, okay, David. You're, yeah, you're, you're winning. Good. Thanks. You feel better. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Um, we did it like a few weeks ago. <laughs> we did. Well, it was like, it was a month ago, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. I, I don't know either. So um, It's crazy. I come back and I'm like, oh. Some, some of these questions look very familiar. Um, yeah, it was a month ago. It was, it was uh, right after I... Started working. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, who? Let's let's just start with Old Testament again. Okay, let's start. Just start all over. Okay, clean slate. Uh, Old Testament. Old, Old Testament. Who was spared from the fall of Jericho? Joshua put the battle of Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. down. (laughs) Rahab and her family. Yes, that's right. That was an easy one. Yeah, thank thank you for that. That was was a good way to start out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you that one. (laughs) Okay. I think we might have done this one before, too, but we'll see. Okay, against which city did Nahum mostly prophesy? Dude, I don't know this. Nahum prophesied against Babylon. <laughs> Nineveh. Nineveh. Okay. Close, close. You had the war. It was a world power. Yeah. I just, I couldn't remember which. Yeah. The, that's actually where the conclusion of, okay, well, they didn't do it during Jonah. Right. But. Yeah. Nahum was like, no, nope, it's happening this time. Right. And it happened. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> History, geography. Yes. 
in what country is Mount Ararat? That's so easy. <laughs> How do you get these easy ones? Ugh. So mad right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you the, the answer that's on that card. Okay. Egypt. No. What? It's not on that card. <laughs> give me your answer. Saudi Arabia. Turkey. Turkey? Turkey. Ararat's in Turkey. How do you not know that? Ararat. What were you thinking? I was thinking Sinai. Horab. (laughs) Yeah. Sinai is in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Man, I totally blew that. Yeah. (laughs) That's not good. Why were you thinking? I said Ararat, didn't I? Yeah, I'm sure you did. Let I was the just, record state. Yes, I, I was just around. thinking in my head, Sinai. <laughs> and there's just all this debate about where Sinai is, the oh, true yeah. mountain of God and all that. Now, obviously, the traditional one's in Egypt. Yeah. But uh, uh, Robert Cornuke did this really cool, uh, you should read Searching for the Real Mountain of God. Huh. Um, he, this was like before he was a Christian, he, he, he gets this lead that it's actually in Saudi Arabia. Okay, well, Saudi Arabia, you don't just like breeze on into that country. Right, you have to sneak So in. he falsifies documents, all kinds of stuff. He sneaks into this country, and um, he gets to this to this mountain, and it's there's like chain link all around it, like razor wire and everything like this. He's like, well, that's kind of weird. So they they cut the. <laughs> They go, yeah, they sneak in. <laughs> they sneak in, and he finds this. They climb the mountain, and at the top of the mountain, the whole top of it is, and this is granite rock, but the whole top of it is blackened huh. and like melted. Like the granite is melted on the top of the mountain. Completely unnatural. Wow. And of course, you start reading right. uh, the Exodus, and, you, and it starts talking about the mountain was on fire. Yeah. And all that sort of thing. Anyway, there's all kinds of he found Jewish altar remnants around the mountain. He found um, he found uh, smooth stones like water had been running regularly wow. coming from a huge rock with a big crack in the middle of it. I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds. Who is this? Uh, Robert Cornuke. Robert. It was Cornuke. one of the things that actually helped convert him. Wow. And uh, anyway, he got arrested. They got arrested and they were prisoners in Iraq and they escaped. I mean, it's a really cool book. <laughs> I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry about wow. that. No that problem. A- All right, next. Okay, uh, history and geography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm going to cut your break. I'm not going to read you that question. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get the next one wrong, so it doesn't matter. I okay, don't know. okay. This one, this one is doable. Okay. Okay. Who was the who was the father of Belshazzar? Oh, uh Belshazzar's Joseph, isn't it? Sorry. Nope. Wait, hold on. It's the only name in the Bible we know him by. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay then. I don't know this. So eh. I, it's past my bedtime. Anyways. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar. I knew King, that. King Belshazzar. Dead gummit. And oh. although I don't really think historically he was his actual son, I think it, I think it was his. What was I thinking of? Daniel. Daniel's other name. Belshazzar. 
or Belteshazzar. Why did I do that? Because it's very similar. Oh, man. I'm just <laughs> out of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rusty. I'm rusty. It's, it's been a while. It has been a while. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. Stay up to date with on the latest from all of our shows, including our friends over at Finding Christ and Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and to leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. Jeremiah, thanks for being here again, brother. Thanks, David. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. I need to clean my Addy pose. He's a little dirty. <laughs>